Hi, welcome to OttawaChurchOfChrist.com. This morning, I would like to introduce you to one of the most amazing patterns found in God's Word, and that is the last 18 hours of Jesus Christ. Ask any friend of yours, a minister, an elder, a deacon, uh, if they could sit down and explain the last 18 hours of Jesus Christ without using the Scriptures, without using a Bible, and I, I think you'll find them very hard-pressed to be able to talk about the end of his life, which is the most important act, the most important event in the world's history is when Jesus died upon the cross. Using patterns found in the, the, the history coming out of the scriptures, we can see that it's, it'll be easy for us to memorize uh, his last 18 hours. And I would like to simply demonstrate that to you and to open up a world of patterns that you'll find in the scriptures, which I believe help to verify that, that God is the one who is the author of the scriptures. Beginning with the last 18 hours of, of our Lord and Savior, the first three that we see, and the pattern that I like to use is the number three because it's God's number, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. But the number three is something that's cropping up everywhere throughout the scriptures. It's not a hidden message. It's just a simple thing to use to remember the things that are going on. Three lessons that the Passover Jesus teaches concerning servanthood. The first one is he takes the Passover meal and turns it into the Lord's table, which helps us to see that Jesus' sacrifice laid his life down on our behalf for the forgiveness of our sins. Second lesson was he got up from the table and washed everybody's feet, showing that he, the creator of the universe, can still serve other people to such a job. If he can do it, we can do it. Third one is, as they're leaving, Jesus hears, overhears the disciples saying or arguing, uh, who is the greatest? And Jesus said, the greatest has to be a servant. Three lessons concerning servanthood that we need to pick up on. Three prophecies he mentions as well at the Passover meal. The first prophecy he, he talks about is the betrayal by Judas. Though he does not name him, he says, somebody is going to betray me. The second one is Peter, denies me three times. The third one, you're going to be scattered. After that, we have three events when they leave the Passover and they go up to the Garden of Gethsemane. In the Garden of Gethsemane, he takes his three friends, Peter, James, and John, and tells them to stand on guard while he goes and says the same prayer three times. Not my will, but yours be done. And every time at the end of his prayer, he goes back and catches these guys sleeping three times. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Then here we comes, here, here comes Judas with the, with the crowds, and here's his arrest right after his third prayer in the Garden of Gethsemane. Judas comes up for the kiss. Then we have Peter slicing off the ear. And then we have the guy scattering and John Mark losing his clothing as he runs off naked. Three events at his arrest. Three trials by the Jews. Now, this is kind of interesting. Without the Gospel of John, you don't know about Annas. But here, Jesus is taken to Annas first, who is the high priest. And he questions Jesus because he's worried about losing his money from the, uh, from the tabernacle. Then off to Caiaphas, Jesus goes. Caiaphas finally figures out what we're going to accuse him of, sends him over to the Sanhedrin. The Sanhedrin, first thing in the morning, rubber stamps that we're taking him off to Pilate because they need to execute him, and the Jews had no permission to execute. So we got Annas, we got Caiaphas, and then we have uh, the Sanhedrin. Pilate sees him first off and says, well, you're... You're, you're from Galilee. What am I going to do with you? Off to Herod. 
Herod sees him, but Jesus is not going to say a word to Herod. So back to Pilate, who finds him innocent three times, but because of the pressure of the crowd, he has him executed. First he scourges him, then he sends him off. So there you have the three trials by the Jews, three trials by the Gentiles. And during these trials, we have three different guards abusing Jesus. Once uh, Caiaphas found him guilty, the temple guard said, okay, what we need to do uh, is blindfold him and then start throwing punches and just asking him, who hit you, who hit you? Then Herod's guard, they abused him and they, mo they, they mocked him and they showed contempt. We're, it doesn't record what they did, but we understand they abused the, the Lord himself. And then uh, Pilate's guard took Jesus, after he was scourged, back into the praetorium to give him the reed in his, in his hand, the purple robe on his, on his body, and then the crown of thorns on his head. And then they started throwing punches in and hurling abuse at him. So we have the three guards abuse Jesus. Off to the cross. And at the cross, once they crucified him, three groups mocked him. It was first the Sanhedrin, the leader, Jewish leadership. They mocked Jesus as he was hanging on the cross. Then the people followed suit. And then the, the regular crowd started to mock him. And even the two thieves crucified beside him mocked him at the cross. Three crosses are found on the hill because you have the two thieves and you have the Lord himself. Then above his, his head was a sign that was written in three languages, Hebrew, Greek, and Latin. And this sign identified three things. It identified his name, Jesus. It identified where he is from, the Nazarene, and his accusation, King of the Jews. So from the cross, then what do we see? We see three acts of mercy. The most amazing thing to really capture here is in the pain that he struggles with, Jesus is still thinking of other people. And his three acts of mercy was simply, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do to the Romans. Then to the thief on the cross, today you'll be with me in paradise because Jesus forgives him of his sins. And then to his mother, this is your son. To John, this is your mother. He takes care of his mom by giving John, that responsibility. Three acts of mercy, not focusing upon himself, but focusing on others. Then we have the three miracles. At 12, 12 o'clock, high noon, the sun went dark. It was not a rain cloud. It was not a thunderstorm. It was God turned the dimmer switch, and the sun went dark. Then the stars came out. For three hours, he hung upon the darkness. It hung in the darkness. And then we have... Um, the tent, once he laid down his life, gave up his spirit, the curtain in the temple was torn in two, and then the miracle, and then the miracle of the earthquake happened at that period in time. And then we have three responses to all of these events. The centurion who witnessed this, he said, surely this must be the Son of God. Not only the centurion, but Joseph of Arimathea, one of the Sanhedrin, he went to Pilate and asked for the body. And then uh, Nicodemus one of the Sanhedrin, he joined in and he helped prepare the body and put it in the tomb of Joseph. Three responses. And then what also we need to understand is that once Jesus was dead, at 3 o'clock, he went straight to his spirit too, uh, with the thief on the cross into Hades, where he spent three days and three nights in, in the heart of the earth. Quickly, to add to all of this is the resurrection day, you see three visits to the empty tomb. The women went. 
Peter and, and, and John raced to it, and then Mary Magdalene came in last. Three visits to the 11, the women went to the 11, Mary went to the 11, and the two on the road to Emmaus went to the 11. And then Jesus visited three times. He visited Mary first, the two on the road to Emmaus second, and then to the 11 uh, the third time. And then finally, the three post-resurrections, he went to visit Thomas and the 11, Peter and the disciples in John chapter 21, and then the 11 on Mount Galilee. Simple little patterns found in the scriptures, an acute little three, and it's all it does is help bring to your recollection what's going on in this period in time. There's other patterns that can be found, and there's other ways of teaching. This is the one that we find that works the best for us, and that is the, once you see the three, then things come to your, to your mind. Um, the most amazing event in history, and you can walk through it in a coffee shop. You can write it out on a napkin. You can share it with a friend. If Jesus truly is my Lord and Savior, I think I should know his last 18 hours, and I should be able to freely and confidently share it with somebody. Well, with this simple little method, I believe you can load your hard drive, your program, so that you can have this information at your fingertips to share with somebody else. If he's that important to you, you need to be able to share him with somebody else, and they will see exactly what he truly does mean to you. Thank you for watching.